Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Let It Be podcast with Becky Ziegenfuss. We are kicking off the Christmas season a little early this year. So for the next few weeks, we will be talking about all things Christmas, from gifting ideas to stories of hope and miracles. So take in the season, enjoy the beauty, and breathe in the wonder. This is your time. So whatever you have to do, let it go, let it wait, let it be. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another Christmas edition of the Let It Be podcast. I have some very special guests today who are new to me as well. And as you know, we've talked about the fact that during this Christmas season, Jesus is our hope. He is the hope of the world. And so I'm wanting to have and share a few conversations around the hope that we find in Jesus. And so today I have two special guests. I have Ryan and Stephanie Adkins with me. And Ryan has an amazing story of faith and hope that has been birthed out of a significant trial in his life. So you guys, welcome to the Let It Be podcast. Thank you. Becky, thanks for having us. I'm Excited to be on here with you. I am excited to be on here and have you on here as well. And what is so exciting to me is that my daughter actually met you a year ago. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I thought that connection was pretty awesome. We got a chance to speak to some high schoolers and then you and I connected over social media and here we are today. I know. So the connection there is that you are a grad of the high school where our girls are. And she had, I remember when she and the rest of her classmates had come and heard your story and she just came home and was just overwhelmed. I think that at that age to know that you weren't far from that age when you went through this experience that we'll get into. Um, but for her to come home and to have listened to your faith journey and to see the strength of the two of you together, it was really, really impactful. And then I was sitting with another mom of, stu- of a student at the school currently, and she said, do you know that he just released a book? Or I think actually you were getting ready to release a book. And she said, you ought to reach out to him and see if he'll be on your podcast. And I thought, I was like, oh my goodness, that will be perfect for the December series. So I'm so glad that it worked out. And we're going to get into that, that you have a book. Um, but tell me a little bit, just so that people can get to know who you are, um, what your what your background is. Are you from this area? What was growing up like for you? Have you always had a faith background? What's the story of Ryan? So I, I grew up in Cincinnati. I've lived here my whole life. I grew up in a Christian home. I uh, went to church most weeks. But for me, faith was, I felt like it was more a, it was just another you know, thing I did. I, yeah, I go to church, mm-hmm. but this isn't this isn't the central foundation of my life. And I think for me, the, the going to a, a Christian school, the Bible, for me, it just it felt like a, a textbook at times. Mm. And so I devoted my time and energy into uh, grades and sports, and mm-hmm. um, just making um, making much about myself. And uh, it it led to great opportunity at the University of Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I was on a full ride scholarship, uh, just enjoying everything that college life had. Mm-hmm. And I had my sights set on um, future business business success. I thought, I'm going I'm to make my stamp on the world. And mm. I, at the time, at 21 years old, I felt like, well, I mean, what could be better? I felt like I was on top of the world. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really when my story took quite a shift. Yeah. I even read that you were planning on going to New York City. Is that right? Was that a dream of yours? Well, I I had an opportunity. I was about to fly out to New York City uh, in November 2009. Mm. I was 
I had this big plan to pitch a business business opportunity that's, that a, a friend and I had come up with, uh, but we, we did not make it there. Hmm. So what took you on a different path? So November 20th, 2009, I was on the way to a college retreat and it was a cool, cool evening, just mm-hmm. driving along and I overcorrected and lost mm-hmm. control of my vehicle. And next thing I know, I'm flipping multiple side, multiple times off the side of the highway. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, my entire world literally flipped upside down. Wow. And so I, I'm laying there in the car, mm-hmm. uh, unable to move, can barely breathe and wondering, hey, is this the end of my life? Mm. I thankfully was um, pulled out from the car, taken airlifted to the hospital. And over the next few days, uh, being in a coma, I mm. uh, really had no idea what had transpired. Um, but doctors were determined that I had suffered a spinal cord injury mm-hmm. at a high level, which they said would lead to paralysis mm-hmm. for life. Mm. And it was in that, in that season, everything that I had known, everything that I loved about life had come to a screeching halt. Mm. And that's where the new chapter of my story began. So what was that realization like as a 21 year old? I remember being 21. And as you just said, your whole world is ahead of you. So what was that realization like for you? So for me at the time, I, with my, oh, I can do this on my own attitude, I thought, mm-hmm. oh, okay, well, too bad what the doctors say. I'm going to, I'm going to work hard at this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do PT. I'm going to push myself and it may take a few months, but pretty soon I will be back on campus, back on my own two feet with all my buddies. We're going to, it'll be like, I, nothing, nothing. I didn't miss anything. Mm-hmm. And so over the course of that next year through months in the hospital and, and, days and or hours and hours of physical therapy every day. I it really came to the realization. This is, this is not a battle I can win on my own. Mm. And so I'm, it's about a year after the accident. I'm sitting in my wheelchair wondering what, what's next. I look down at my motionless arms and legs and think, okay, well, either my life now is completely meaningless mm. or there's a much greater purpose uh, to my story that, mm than I could have realized. Wow. What was your family like? Um, I don't, what, what is your family? Do you have siblings? I have a sister who is five years younger. Okay. And your parents, and you said that you had, you grew up in the church. So you had, they had some faith background. So what was it like for them? So uh, for, for my family, it was great to have faith communities around us. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was great to have people praying for me and just coming alongside us. And I, I think it was that having that community around me that when I, over a year after the accident, I just remember sitting in church again, like I, I've, I've grown up around this, but could there be something more here that I had missed all this time? And I remember hearing a, a story I was very familiar with about the healing of the paralytic. And I thought, Hey, that's, that's, that's what I want. That's, mm-hmm. that, that's what I want Jesus to do for me. And in the ensuing, ensuing months, and I began to 
realize, oh, like this isn't just a, a genie to heal me and give me what I want, but this is this is the, the savior I need, mm. I desperately need. And I, I didn't even realize I had been missing this whole time. And so that's when I, I felt like God graciously met me where I was. Mm. And that's when a new chapter of my story began as well. Wow. It's interesting because a lot of people grow up in the church and they believe in Jesus, but don't necessarily follow him. Would you say that that was kind of your course? Yeah. I mean, if, if someone asked me what well, would I believe, I would say, oh yeah, I, sure. I believe that Jesus died for my sins, but I probably wouldn't even be able to at the time explain what that even meant. Mm. And I think it, it really came to a point where I had to get to the end of myself and recognizing there's nothing I can do in my own power to heal my body or to save my soul. And I think that's really when the, my mindset changed from rather than just seeking healing to seeking the healer himself. Mm. When you, how, how many months or were we extending into a year? Were you in the hospital doing physical therapy before you were actually back home kind of in the normalcy of life? So I was, I was in the hospital for about four months on ventilator feeding tube. Wow. Uh, and then as I began to um, gain uh, strength back to be able to just to sit up in a wheelchair and um, to be able to breathe on my own again, uh, to be able to swallow food again. Mm. I took about four months, um, but I was, back home. And that's when I really began to try to work on strength in my arms and legs, but that was not um, a battle I could overcome. And thankfully that's where my spiritual journey began. Yeah. And during that time, did you go through, I would assume that you went through all the emotions of grieving a life that is drastically changed. Did you have anger? Did you have or, or was it really a, a moment almost like immediately that you felt like I'm at the end of myself? So yeah, about a year, probably about a year after the accident, that, that whole time I thought, oh, I'm going to do this on my own. Mm. Like, I'm not going to let anyone tell me no. And so having to come to the end of myself, maybe realize, oh, I can't do this on my own. And, and yes, I mean, that's a, that's a scary place mm-hmm. to be. Oh, I'm not in control. I, I'm not the one that can fix everything. Uh, but I think that's when the, I think that's when the peace sets in that, okay, Jesus offers me way more than um, I could ever realize. Um, and and yes, yes, he's a healer. And yes, I can believe for healing, healing being back on my feet again. Uh, but it's obviously he's so much bigger than that. And, and I, I hadn't, hadn't, it took being flat on my back um, to realize what I've been missing out on that whole time. And people obviously can't see us because they're listening to us, but you cannot move your legs and you cannot move your arms. That That is correct right now. Yes. Yeah. So um, as you kind of journeyed through this, when would you say, how many years in was there a turning point where you realized, all right, this is, this is my life. This is, the future is going to look completely different. And now I'm going to take what Jesus has given me in the way that he redeems stories that don't always look like the way we want him to redeem them and decide to move forward. So over the, over the course of uh, the first few years, I I think there was still a piece of me that was thinking, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to eventually I'm going to get back on my feet and God's going to heal me. My, Mm -hmm. my story is going to pick up right where it was. Uh, But, but it took some, 
took some time for me to understand. Um, life's not going to pause and wait for me to experience my perfect scenario. Uh, and that's, that's when I really had to take action and say, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take action now. And that may not look exactly like I had wanted. Um, but there are opportunities in front of me right now that I believe that God can still use my story. If I'm in this position, uh, I can still, it, it took me some time to realize, Hey, I, I can go back and get finished my degree. Mm. And, uh, and it also led to realizing, Hey, I'm, I've got a relationship that I want to pursue. Mm-hmm. And I was thankful that that opportunity mm-hmm. opened itself up pretty quickly. So you teed that up very nicely, Ryan. Stephanie, you've been sitting very quietly over there. And what I really honestly love about your story is that you weren't part of it in 2009. And so your relationship blossomed post-accident, which is very unique. That's a very unique scenario. So walk us through that a little bit. You can tell us how you met, because I think it's actually really endearing in the book, how you describe seeing her way back when. But tell us how you, how you met and how this came to be. So Ryan and I were in second grade together uh, in elementary school. Which I love. Uh, we sat at a little pod of desks <laughs> right, right across from each other. Um, but then I left. I left the school to go to another school after that. And so we hadn't seen each other for many, many years yeah. at the time of the years. accident. Yeah, 13 years. Um, we did go to the University of Cincinnati for our freshman year of college. I walked right by his dorm every morning on my way to class, but we never actually crossed paths. Um, uh, but because we were in elementary school together, I, we still had some mutual friends. And so at the time of Ryan's accident, I saw on Facebook something that a mutual friend had posted. And I, I thought, oh, I remember that guy. I remember... I remember him from elementary school, and I remember the the news of the accident just really affecting me in a way that was kind of seemed strange for somebody that I really didn't didn't know at all was essentially a complete stranger. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was in massage school at the time. I had, I had left the University of Cincinnati. I'd kind of taken a year off, and then decided to go to massage school. Um, and so I needed lots of practice during that time. I needed lots of hands-on experience before I could get my license. And so I thought I would reach out to him. Um, when he got home from the hospital, I was very nervous to do so. Um, but something, just something in me just felt like, like I was supposed to do that. And so I finally pushed through the insecurity and, um, came over as soon as he got home from his four months in the hospital. So he was, oh. he had been on a feeding tube for a couple of months. He was very skinny. He was, looked very yeah. frail. I was like, am I going to break him if I touch him? Um, but he just, he made me feel so comfortable from the moment I walked in the room and just, um, asked me questions about myself, about school. Um, and just right off the bat, I was like, I like this guy. He's, I like being around him. And we developed a friendship pretty quickly through the, through the massages, which quickly became like a multiple times a week. (laughs) I have chills right now because the thing I love, and I didn't know that part because I haven't been able to, I haven't read the whole book yet, but I just got it. So, um, but I am going to, because I can't wait to read all the details, but I love that God had already 
planted that Mm -hmm. seed in your heart Mm -hmm. to want to become a massage therapist because he had already prepared this life in Ryan to be knit together with yours. Mm -hmm. That is, I I seriously have chills. Sometimes I feel like I need to video record podcasts because so that people can see facial expressions (laughs) and chills growing on my arm. Um, Okay. So friendship started. How long was it after the friendship started that you both realized, okay, there's something more to this. Well, pretty soon, pretty soon after that, you, Stephanie, tell about that project you brought over. Yeah, about a, about a year, um, about a year after we had reconnected, we were we were becoming pretty good friends, and I came across this project from second grade that my mom had saved, um, and I flipped it open. I'm looking through it, and I see a picture of of Ryan and I, and I'm like, oh, this is crazy! Like, this is the only person from second grade that I'm connected with like how cool there's a picture of us as eight-year-olds together and then I look right next to it and I see um this was like a scrapbook that our teacher had put together at the end of the year so there was a writing prompt that said what I learned about the bible and following Jesus and as an eight-year-old I had written I learned that God did many miracles I liked the one of the paralyzed man the most so that was just really 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 cool to find and I immediately brought that over and showed Ryan at our next massage. And that was fun. Wow. So you guys got married in 2016, right? Is that right? Yes. So, so yeah, so we just celebrated four years together. Wow. Yes. To answer your, your question from earlier, it, it was several years. We, we were friends for, <laughs> for I don't know, a long three time. or four years. And okay. We started dating in 2012. So I guess that was about three years later. So what does that look like? Because this is not a traditional arrangement, obviously. And when we think of every marriage has trials and um, the, the biblical thought is that you're in constant surrender. And, but but you, you are his caretaker and you take care of him in every possible way. So what did that look like dating from, you know, kind of from the foundation where you guys started? You want to answer that first? So, yeah, when we started dating at the end of 2012. Yeah, I think there were quite a bit of insecurities of, oh, hey, um, hey, you want to, let's, I want to, I'd love to take you out for dinner. Oh, why don't you come pick me up at my parents' house and um, get me into the wheelchair and, and strap me into the car. Yeah, there, there was definitely some mm-hmm. um, humbling aspects of it and, and just had to wrestle through quite a bit of insecurity there. But I think as, as time went on uh i think stephanie's done a stephanie from the first from the get-go just did a phenomenal job of like treating me like just like she would anyone else yeah and and i think that as our relationship began to grow it um sure there are may may not be um things that you know we can go out and do like everyone else but i think there's also aspects that we've really appreciated such as uh, rather than you know, being distracted on a device or mm-hmm. um, w- other other concerns like that, we we rather look each other in the eye and have great conversation. And uh, I think being able to s- establish that solid friendship from the get go, mm-hmm. I think that really went a long way mm-hmm. um, in preparing us for marriage. Wow. Yeah, the the friendship piece was, I think, huge in in kicking off our relationship because. By the time we started dating, it was like we knew each other so well. We'd spent so many hours together. 
um, we were, we were very, we were very open with each other. We just kind of from the beginning just clicked. And, um, so I, I always felt like, I mean, I mean, you're right. I am a caretaker in so many ways, but Mm -hmm. he takes care of me too in so Mm -hmm. many other ways. And I felt that even back when we were friends, just, just feeling like this is, this is a guy who really respects me, who looks Mm -hmm. out for me, who has my back. Um, and so I, the wheelchair was just always kind of in the background for me. Mm. It was just kind of a, oh, it's how it is. I love that. I love that. It's really, really sweet to hear you talk about each other that way. And I see the way that you look at each other, again, that our listeners can't see. But um, I love it. So this has led you, Ryan, to recently write and release a book. So tell us a little bit about that. So years ago, I started a blog, flatonmyback.com. And I was just step my step my to stepping out a little bit, mm-hmm. um, sharing a bit of my story, mm-hmm. uh, just uh, what was going on with rehab and uh, how I was growing in my faith. And I think as I began to notice out, I, that I feel like that message um, of having hope no matter our circumstances. As I began to notice that resonate, uh, I think it, it began to stir some ideas in me of, hey, how can I how can I put this together in a way that um, one may tell like may tell the whole story of uh, my journey and um, our relationship together uh, and just the different aspects of uh, the challenges along the way. But I think beyond that of how, how can we lay out a, I would say a blueprint of what it looks like to live with hope mm-hmm. no matter the circumstances. And I, I believe that we can, I believe that's best done through the lens of an eternal perspective. Yeah. And I, I, I really want to, I really want, want others to know that, um, what, no matter what is going on, whether it's uh, a physical issue, a relational issue, uh, emotional, um, wh- whatever it may be that w- when, when we have the right perspective, mm-hmm. when we are focused on what, um, the hope that Jesus offers, uh, it, it, it doesn't matter what the circumstances are. We can, we can have hope and there may be challenges along the way, but um, there's, there's still reason to get up in the morning and keep pushing forward. Yeah. I love that. Your book is called one step closer, how a life altering accident led me to everything I almost missed. So let's dig into that a little bit. What's the meaning behind the title and the subtitle? So I, I believe that we, we all are looking forward to, to something. We, we need something mm-hmm. to, to keep us going, a reason to get up in the morning. And I would say each, each day early on, I thought, Oh, I'm one, I'm one step closer to healing. And Oh, I'm going to, it's only a few days away. And I'm, I'm going to be there really soon. And so I think that would lead to my hope getting wrapped up in something that may not actually happen in the time frame that I want. And I, I experienced disappointment time and time again with that. Mm-hmm. And then it's, oh, I'm uh, one step closer to someone. It could be, you know, that perfect job opportunity or mm-hmm. you know, the family you've always wanted or uh, that dream home or uh, just the, the trip. And we, we all have something we're shooting for, mm-hmm. some dream we're hoping to achieve. And yet, and yet I, I, I feel as if, so often those 
so often those dreams can can cloud us from um, where our hope really should be. And I, I believe that when I, when I really begin to understand that when I'm looking at my life in the context of eternity, mm-hmm. in the context of this is a short yeah. uh, momentary trial, then, yeah. then we can, we can live with purpose no matter what the circumstances may be. And I, I believe that's, that's what um, led me to everything I almost missed. I love it. Even the cover of it. I love that it's a footstep with just a little bud growing right out of it. I love it. So what do you hope your readers who read this get out of it? I want, I want others to know that, that no matter what we may be dealing with, maybe going through that hope can remain. Mm. And, and while I, I believe that when, when our, when our trials are looked at through the context of eternity, when we are looking um, to, to Jesus as our ultimate hope, yeah, yes, there are, there are incredible challenges. There are, I mean, this has been a very difficult year for so many people. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's, I think it's really just being able to understand where, where my hope is anchored. That has, that, that, that is a message that I, I believe that, can ring true no matter what we may be going through. Yeah. And, and I, I hope to, I hope to see that resonate with others. Yeah. I, I definitely believe that as people read this, it's going to span generations. And I think that that message is going to be received in probably a, a broader way than you can even imagine right now. You've talked a lot about hope and you've talked a lot about purpose and this podcast is about finding purpose in the promises that God has already given us. So for the both of you, what has been maybe a scripture verse or, or maybe even a set of verses that have meant that for you? So second Corinthians four seventeen and 18, uh, these light and momentary troubles are achieving for us a eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen because what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal. And for me, that really, that really is just a great reminder that um, no matter what I'm dealing with right now, the it's right now it's paralysis and, and for a time it was sleepless nights and other times it's sickness and, and everyone has something they're dealing with, whether it's the loss of a loved one, the, the emotional, trauma that has gone on for decades, um, the physical pain. Uh, we, we all have various trials. And I think just, just the reminder that no matter what is going on, we're told that these are light and momentary. Very temporary trials when looked at through the lens of eternity. Yeah. And so I want to I wanna focus my time and energy, on, like Paul says, on the unseen. Uh, a friend of mine always says, at the end of our life, three things will matter. God, his word, and people. And we, we would be wise to invest our time accordingly. Mm. And I feel like that's a, great, that's a great way to look at uh, focusing on what is unseen and what's, what's going to matter after we die. Mm-hmm. And not, it's so easy to get distracted with, with uh, material possessions or our to-do list or um, just the latest, latest trends or whatever's going on in our, our world, it, it becomes so, 
become so consuming where I feel like Paul is saying here to put our attention on something much deeper and something that I hope that's going to last. Wow. That's so inspirational. I, I think of, and I don't know what kind of opportunities you've had to speak to other people, even to, do you speak regularly to the next generation? I, I've, been, I've enjoyed, in terms of the next generation with teenagers, that, that's mm-hmm. been a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, been a, it's been a while since I've been able to do some, especially with this year, it's been right. t- tough to get out to, to speak, speak with people. But right. Yeah, but I, I've, I've enjoyed the opportunity, whether it's teenagers or adults. It's, it's, it's been fun to, to share my story, what I, I believe can be a, a message that can resonate regardless of what our circumstances or our trials may be. Yeah. And to hear it from such, I mean, I can tell that you authentically believe what you're saying. Yeah. And, and I, I don't want to give the impression that, oh, you know, oh, everything's perfect and, right. and great. And oh, just, the sun is always shining. Right. Put a, <laughs> put a smile on, you'll be fine. No, no, that, that's, that is absolutely not. There's, there's hard days. There's, mm-hmm. there's been some dark seasons. Yeah. Dark seasons and, and yeah, frustration. Mm-hmm. And yet, but but I, I want to keep in mind the the perspective that Paul talks about with focusing on uh, focusing on the eternal. Yeah. Before your accident, and Stephanie, I'm going to get to you too. But before your accident, would you have considered yourself an optimistic person? Yeah, I I would say. So it's kind of who you are. I've I've always been, I would say, optimistic. Mm-hmm. But I I think that part of part of my journey over the past decade has been trying to trying to balance optimism and hope. Mm, that and, is really good. And so, and so I, I read up on a little bit of Admiral James Stockdale. He, he was in the Vietnam War and he, he talked about how there were just a variety of, variety of prisoner, prisoners of war. Mm-hmm. And there were, there were some that kept saying, Hey, I'm going to get out by Easter. I'm going to get out by Christmas. And those, those dates would come and they would go. And ultimately they would end up dying of Mm -hmm. just their, their hope and been devastated. Mm -hmm. And so he he talks about, it's called the Stockdale paradox where, Hey, we need to have, yes, it's great to have, it's great to be optimistic, but we need to, we need to also take our current circumstances and, into consideration and be realistic about what's going on so that, so that we, we don't lose sight of what's actually happening and have some fanciful version of, mm. of how the scenario is going to turn out. And so I, I think just being able to balance, yes, it's great to have hope. Um, but what is our hope ultimately in? Yeah. Is it in my physical body? Is it in, is it in a job? Is it in a, is it in a, is another human being? Um, because ultimately these things that we put so much hope in, they, they may not, they're, they're not going to satisfy right. and they're going to let us down. And right. the, the hope that Jesus offers us for outweighs them all. That's so good. Stephanie, what's it been for you? What's that verse? Or the- um, so mine's a little more obscure, but there is a verse at the end of Job. I can't remember what the exact verse is right now, but it's at the very end of the book after Job's kind of been through all of his mm-hmm. suffering. And he says um, to God, my ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Yeah. 
And I just, I love that because I found that to be so true of, of Job had to go through this tremendous suffering mm -hmm. before he was able to truly say that. And I've found that to be true as well. And it's always easier in hindsight, once you're on the other side of something to realize how true that is. But even on, there's, there's still so many hard days that I, I call that to mind of like, yeah. if this is what it takes to actually know you, God, then bring it on. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good and such great, great perspective from someone on your side of the story. I didn't give you guys a heads up about this question, but I want to know, it. I want to know what, Stephanie, what's your favorite thing about Ryan? Um, my favorite thing about Ryan is how he really just takes life in stride. So he has taken so many punches so to speak, from life that you will read about if you read the book. Mm -hmm. And he always gets back up and he he does not let it crush him. And it's it's and I know it's not anything, it's just him because he really does look to Jesus to mm -hmm. um kind of pick him up and carry him through. And I love that about him. All right, Ryan. What's your favorite thing about Stephanie? I I would say my my favorite thing about Stephanie, I, I would say just the ability that Stephanie has to just in terms of our conversation, the ability to, uh, she can be, she is incredibly encouraging, but also she's, she's willing to challenge me. And, and, uh, <laughs> and, and that, that is to have someone that she's incredibly gentle, encouraging someone that I can be vulnerable with. I can uh -huh. be, I feel totally just, Oh, I can, I can trust Stephanie no matter what. And yeah, at the same time that she's willing to challenge me to, uh, yeah. And I feel like she does a great job of um, calling me to something more. Mm -hmm. And and I think just that ability to be vulnerable, yeah. even from our early days of dating, I, I think that vulnerability is not something I had really ever really done. I've not, I've always, always been one to keep my cards close to my yeah. chest. And I think, I think that having that foundation um, having someone that I can talk to about anything and, and trust and mm -hmm. um, really enjoy being around. I think that that led to, that led to writing. It led to, oh, you know what? I can share my story and still be known and loved by those around me. Yeah. And I don't have to cower and, and hide what I'm feeling. I think that has really been powerful uh, in our relationship. And I think, it, I think it also was cool to lead to partnering up on, on writing and, Stephanie doing some great editing as well. Yeah. So it was a true partnership. Yes, it, it has been since eight years ago. Since, since day since second grade in the pod. Yep. <laughs> well, Ryan, I want you to sell a ton of books. So I am going to ask all of our listeners to purchase one. And then I'm going to ask all of our listeners to share this podcast so that everyone who listens will purchase a book. But tell us where we can find it. So one step closer is... Uh, available on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. It you can access um, some bonuses to with the book, a companion guide. Um, you can read the, read the chapter for first chapter for free on my website, ryansatkins.com/book. And I I would love to get connected with some of your listeners and yeah. and look forward to continuing this conversation. Yeah, and where can they find both of you on social media? 
So I'm under the name Ryan S. Atkins. That's S as in Samuel. Okay. And Stephanie, are um, you on? Yeah, I'm on Instagram as Stephanie N. Atkins. Okay. And are you Stephanie, S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E? Yes. Okay. Awesome. Well, everyone can follow you along and listeners, I'm really serious. I want you to go buy this book. So this is going to be my Christmas break reading. So while the kids are home from school, I'm going to get through this. I was paging through some of it yesterday and I saw that picture that you mentioned that you referenced from your project. Um, Just so sweet. I love when God, he's obviously evident that he cares about the details and he's purposeful in both of your lives. And he's that way for every single person, which is just unimaginable that he cares so much for us that he just writes the details so beautifully in our stories. You guys are truly both amazing, amazing faith, Jesus following people. And I have just been truly honored and humbled to sit here and hear your story. But there are two questions that I ask everyone at the end of my podcast. And since it is Christmas, the first one, and you guys can answer in any order, but the first one is, what do you love about Christmas and this season? Um, well, I, I really love buying gifts for people. That's always really fun for me. Um, and I really love decorating. Yeah. <laughs> yep. What about you, Ryan? I, I, I got to say, say the food. <laughs> I, I think Stephanie does a... Does a tremendous job with, oh, just, I mean, the, uh, I'm looking forward to what we'll be eating oh. <laughs> over, over the, in the next few weeks. Do you so. host? Yeah. Okay. So family comes yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Okay. So fun. And this is called the Let It Be podcast. So if there were one prayer that you could have answered, what would it be? That, that, that's a great question. I, I, and, and there's almost this, this, Feeling like, oh, I, I need to come up with something super spiritual here. It doesn't have to and, be. No, and I, I know, and I recognize that. But, but my my prayer, yeah, I, I want to be healed. I mm. want to get back on my two feet again. And I think for a, a season, I, I felt like, oh, I need, I need something uh, more selfless. I need to, just, oh, I need, I want, I want something that you know, isn't just revolved around my physical body. But I, I think when I when I see the the ministry of Jesus, when I see someone like blind Bartimaeus mm-hmm. who is trying to get after Jesus and, and he's being told, Hey, don't bother the teacher. Hey, sit down, wait your turn. And I, I think sometimes I, I feel like, Oh, I, I, I need to, Oh, it's, it's been, I feel like there's maybe a, a sense of, Oh, Oh, well it, it's been too long or, Oh, you need, you need to think about someone else. But I, I love what Jesus says to this blind guy. He says, Hey, what, what do you want me to do for you? And I, I would, I, I asked Jesus to heal me. I want to be back on my two feet and, and, uh, hold my wife. And, yeah. and I, at the same time, like I've, I've said that, but I, I don't want my ultimate hope uh, to be in that, mm-hmm. but we're still going to believe and pray for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's able. Yes. What about you, Stephanie? I have to say the same. We, we, mm-hmm. We didn't get into this too much on the podcast, but there's so many secondary things that come with paralysis. And one of them for Ryan is chronic pain. And so as a wife, just like watching my husband deal with that day after day, I just feel very helpless a lot of the time. And so I would definitely ask Jesus to do that for my husband. Yeah. 
Well, we can come alongside you as people who really believe that God is able to do anything and pray that with you. Let it be. You guys, this has been so great. I hope that your story just spreads like wildfire. I don't know how many people have gotten to hear it. You're new to me, um, but I, I really am hopeful and prayerful that God will just use this story in, he's already using it for his glory because you have surrendered it to him. And so I thank you for that and for being so open and vulnerable and authentic in sharing who you are and what Jesus has done and will continue to do through both of you. And thanks for being my new friends. Becky, it's been great to be with you today and uh, excited to be a part of the Let It Be community. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. It was an absolute honor to sit down with Stephanie and Ryan and hear about their story from tragedy to an amazing faith that just sets people's minds right back on Jesus. I think my favorite quote was when Stephanie said that she loved how Ryan protected her and provided for her and took care of her, and that to her, his wheelchair had just always been something in the background. What a sweet, sweet love story of God's faithfulness. And Ryan, his outlook on life is truly one of hope and trust in the Jesus whom he loves and the Jesus whom he believes will do what he said he will do. Pray with me and them that God will one day heal his body and raise him up to walk and hold his wife. You can stay up to date with Ryan and Stephanie on all the social media platforms. And listen, I really want Ryan to sell a ton of books. So go order his book, One Step Closer, on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Give it as a Christmas gift. It is a true story of faith and hope. You can stay up to date with me at Becky Ziegenfuss. That's Z-I-E-G-E-N-F-U-S-S on all the social media platforms. Thanks so much for listening. Have a very Merry Christmas and tune in next week on the Let It Be podcast.